This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Good morning, Johannesburg, CFC. So excited to be with you this wonderful day. Welcome to all of you in the sanctuary and all of you watching live this morning and also all of you in the overflow rooms. Give yourselves a great big hand clap. Praise God. Okay. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? This is part seven in our series. This is very exciting as we get to know him better and better. Because we live in a world that's crazy, Master Jack. We live in a crazy, crazy world. And... um, We see so much turmoil, so much uncertainty, so much confusion, and so much fear that we do need to be able to press in to the Holy Spirit, let Him guide us, meet our needs, and provide for us in every way, because He's been sent by the Lord Jesus for that purpose. Okay, so let's continue learning more about Him so that we can tap into all His blessings available to us. Now, today I'm looking at the obedience factor, the the obedience factor. Being obedient to the Holy Spirit brings abundant blessing. Folks don't understand this. They think, oh, you know, being obedient is, um, I have to obey rules. God is a taskmaster. (laughs) It's not like that at all. God wants to bless us, and when we follow His guidance, We are following him into abundance. He's trying to lead us into abundance. Okay. 1 Samuel 9 verse 3 tells a story about Saul, a young man, and his father, this before he became king of Israel, and his father uh, owned a ranch and had some donkeys, and the donkeys got lost. They traveled away, walked away. So he said to his son, Take one of my servants, go find my donkeys. So he walked, believe it or not, into five different, like, countries or towns or districts or zones. A few days of searching for these donkeys. And uh, eventually, after a few days, he's about to give up and go back home because he figured his dad would be more worried about him now than the donkeys. And the servant that was with him said, no, this guy asked the prophet. The prophet's name is Samuel. He will know where the donkeys are. So they went to ask the prophet. Meantime, God spoke to the prophet. And he said, tomorrow this time, I'm sending you a young man. I want you to anoint him to be the first king of Israel. And so when he arrived, cut a long story short, The prophet Samuel said to him, I want to anoint you now uh, to be the first king of Israel. And he says, when you leave here, on the way home, you'll encounter some prophets along the road. And they'll be prophesying. Now he's prophesying this to the young man. He says, now Saul, on the way home, you'll meet these prophets. They'll be prophesying. And when you meet them, 
The anointing of God will come upon you and you'll prophesy. And the Spirit of God will come upon you and you'll be changed into another man. And he was. He became a mighty king for the first few years of his life. From a humble, quiet, insecure man to a tremendous, powerful warrior the first few years until he got full of pride and wouldn't obey God anymore. So that happened in 1 Samuel chapter 9. Now let's go and read 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 6 from the New Living Translation. All right, it says, All that time the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, or at that time, and it says, You will come upon you with power, and you will prophesy with the other prophets. You will be changed into a different person. Isn't that amazing? Say this, the Spirit of God... Again, the Spirit of God in my life will change me into another man or another woman. Change you. In other words, He will anoint you and make you into a mighty warrior for God, into a successful, overcoming Christian. Praise God. That's what the Spirit of God will do. For us. Now we go to Genesis chapter 24. So, oh, let's try and go back there to, to, to Saul. Let's think about that for a minute. I'm talking about obedience, right? His father said to him, go find my donkeys. Now, if you said that today to one of the teenagers today, son, I want you to go look for my donkeys or my sheep or whatever it is. Take a few days, go walk around the wilderness <laughs> in the desert. Go look for my donkeys. You know what they're going to say? Dad, you know what? I'm busy on my iPad. I, I, I'm busy on my PC. I, I have a cell phone. I'm talking to somebody. I'm texting uh, my friends. Um, or I, I've got a party on tomorrow night. Well, they'll have a thousand excuses today. The world's changed a lot. But this man didn't do any of that. He just said, okay, Dad, and off he went. And he stayed with it. He stayed with it for three days. Amazing. So obedience to the Holy Spirit brings great blessing. He was turned into a king. A king. Going to see the prophet looking for donkeys. Didn't know that God was taking him there. To make him a king. So God orders your steps. Go with God. In Genesis chapter 24, we read about Abraham sending his servant back to Ur the Chaldeans, Mesopotamia, to where he came from originally. And he said to his servant, I want you to go back to my homeland and find a wife for Isaac, my son. And so off he went with camels loaded, 10 camels loaded with jewelry and all sorts of gifts. When he got to this place, outside the village, there was a watering well. And the young ladies 
would go there every day to get a bale of water for their families. So he got off his camel at the well and prayed. He said, God, I'm going to ask one of these young ladies to give me water to drink. Now, I want you to speak to her. And if she tells me, yes, sir, I'll give you water, and I'll give water to all your camels as well. And if she does it, I'll know that she's the one that's supposed to be the wife for Isaac. And so he finds this beautiful young woman. Her name is Rebecca. And he says to her, can I have a drink from your water? She's walking away from the well, going home. She takes her bowl down, gives him water. She says, yes, sir, and I'll give water to all your camels. Now, 10 camels, it'll take her like hours and hours to give water to all those camels. That's what she offered to do. Amazing. Amazing. This young lady thought she was going to go get water. Meantime, God has, was ordering her steps to be the wife of Isaac, the great-great-great-great-grandmother of Jesus, and to inherit all of Abraham's riches. Incredible. Because she was obedient to the voice of the Holy Ghost and took down her water from her shoulder and was willing to give him water and these camels as well. Just being obedient, it's amazing what blessings came her way. In John 21, verse 3, Peter and his disciples are fishing on the lake. This is after his resurrection. Let's read it, verse 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. So they caught nothing all night. Now, Peter and some of those other disciples there were professional fishermen. And they must have trolled the entire area. They fished all night and caught nothing. At dawn, the disciples saw Jesus was standing on the beach, but they couldn't see who he was. He called out, friends, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat. And you know, that sounds crazy to any fisherman. I mean, here they've been fishing all night long, caught nothing, and that man on the shore is telling us, take your net out of this side of the water of the boat and put it in that side of the boat. And you catch fish. And the fish aren't here, they're there. <laughs> that is hysterical because the fish aren't there, they're here. They've been fishing all over the area all night long. They must have thought to themselves, listen, this guy's a nut. Let's forget it. 
But no, they figured out we got to do it. And they did it. What happened? And he says, and you'll catch plenty of fish. So they did, and they couldn't draw in the net because there was so many fish in the net. Wow. All right. So just being obedient to the Lord brought abundance of fish. Blessing. Seems like such a little thing, right? Jesus not asking us to do great and mighty things. He's just asking us to obey him in the small things in life. And the blessings of abundance will flow. That's how it works. He's teaching us here to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 2, verse 1. This is where Jesus turned the water into wine. So the next day, Jesus' mother was a guest at a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supplier ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother spoke to Jesus about the problem. They have no more wine, she told him. How does that concern you and me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there's the key. Just do what he tells you, Mary said to the servants. So she had faith that he would solve the problem. Therefore, he had to act because God moves on faith, right? He said, that doesn't concern me. But she said to her, the servants, do what he says. She released faith. So he did it. He did it. Now watch this. Six stone water pots were standing there. They were used for Jewish ceremonial purposes and had 20 to 30 gallons in each one. That would be multiplied by four. So it'd be like over 100 gallons, over 100 liters in one drum, okay? Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars have been filled to the brim, he said, dip some out and take it the master of ceremonies. So now there's, there's four big barrels. Let's say 100 liters in each one. Fill them with water. Take some water, the master of ceremonies of the wedding. So they followed his instructions. What they do? They followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, there was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. Usually our host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone is full and doesn't care, he brings out the less expensive wines. But you have kept the best wine until now. That's the wine that Jesus made. This miracle sign at Canaan, Galilee, was Jesus' first display of his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So the reason for that miracle was that the servants obeyed exactly what Jesus said. 
Now the servants knew that there was water in those pots. And they were employed by the master of ceremonies or their wedding host. But, so they didn't want to take water to him and say, here's some wine. They didn't want to do that. Obviously, they might even get fired. But because Mary said, do whatever he says, they said, okay, fine. We don't know who this guy is. We'll just do it. He hadn't done any miracles yet. This is the first miracle. This is blind faith. Okay, fine. You say, take the water to master ceremonies. Let's just do it. And when he got there, when they got to the guy, it had changed into wine, or all of it was changed into wine. Isn't that amazing? Just a little bit of obedience, and everybody received wine. Now, let's go to Matthew 17 and verse 24. By the way, how many of you got your Bibles in church today? Hold up your Bible. You are blessed. If you bring your Bible to church, you will grow in your faith seven times quicker than you would if you didn't have it. Looking up at the screen is great, but first prize is following in your own Bible. Okay, because you can write in it. Matthew 17, verse 24, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So you have the Lord Jesus tells Peter to go fishing for some money to pay taxes. On their arrival in Capernaum, the tax collectors from the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Of course he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house to talk to Jesus about it. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the foreigners they have conquered? They tax the foreigners, Peter replied. Well, then Jesus said, The citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a coin. Take the coin and pay the tax for both of us. Now remember, Peter is a professional fisherman, and he has fished his whole business life, his whole working career. And obviously, he's caught thousands and thousands of fish in his lifetime. And he's cut them up and eaten them or done whatever he's wanted. He's never found money in any fish. But Jesus said, throw in one line, catch one fish, there's money in there, enough to pay our taxes. Now he could have said to himself, right, I was born at night, but not last night. There's no way I'm going to do that. One fish, all the money's in there, forget it. I don't have all day to go find one fish with money in it. I don't have all day. But you know what? He went. 
Once again, such a foolish thing, like take the net out of the boat, throw it in that side of the water. Take the water to the master of ceremonies. Such a silly little thing. Go catch a fish, pay taxes. What we're learning here is our everyday things we do. Just simply listen to your heart and do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do because He's guiding us into abundant blessing. The Holy Spirit was sent to bless us, child of God, and the key to prosperity and success is following the Holy Spirit. Are we catching on? All right, in John chapter 9, verse 1, let's go there. Remember the story Jesus made mud, put on a man's eyes, and he was healed from blind eyes. All right, so it's John 9, verse 1, New Living Translation. As Jesus is walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Then he spat on the ground, made mud, with the saliva and smoothed the mud over the blind man's eyes and told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and was washed and came back seeing. Came back seeing. Now, let's think about that. All right. So Jesus put some mud in the blind man's eyes, made from spit. He spat in the mud. From his eyes. <laughs> and everyone else is going, gross, gross, gross. What's going on with Jesus? He lost his mind. But he made mud and he said to the guy, now go wash it and put a salam and you'll come back seeing. He had to walk into the distance, disappeared. The rest of the people, the Pharisees, might have thought, okay, that's a very cool way of getting out of this because that guy's never going to find his way back here. And... Uh, so no one's ever going to know that this doesn't work. That's craziness. But you know what? The blind man said, if Jesus said that to me, I'm going to go down the lake, wash my eyes, and get my eyesight. Simple little thing like that. Go wash in the pool, and you'll see. And he did it, and his eyes were healed. Simple little thing. Now let's go to Luke chapter 17. A well-known story about the ten lepers. Here, ten lepers come to Jesus for healing. All right, let's read verse 11. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered the village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Master! Have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. Okay. Now, why would he tell them to go show themselves to the priests? Because the priest would give him a letter to say they could come back in public um, and that they weren't lepers anymore. They weren't lepers anymore. So, now... Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Now, those ten lepers could have said, Lord, they're not going to give us a letter until you pray for us 
and we're healed. So please pray for us. Then we will go. But you know what? They just obeyed. They just obeyed Jesus. They said, okay, you said we must go to the priest and get a letter. We've got leprosy, but we're going. That's how this worked. So off they went. Now watch what happens. He looked at them and said, go, show yourselves the priests. And as they went, their leprosy disappeared. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God, I'm healed. Now you notice the previous verse 14 says, as they went, the leprosy disappeared. They were all healed, right? One came back. Verse 16, he fell down on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. In other words, half a Jew, half a Gentile. Half Jew, half not a Jew. Verse 17, Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Does only this foreigner return to give me glory or give glory to God? And Jesus said them to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, let's think about that. So Jesus said to the man, to the 10 lepers, go to the priest, get your letter of cleansing, in other words, before he prayed for them. They were healed on the way. They just did what he said. They just obeyed him. That simple little act of obedience. And 10 lepers were healed from leprosy. That's huge. So Jesus in all these examples, and there's so many like this in the Bible, Old and New Testament, God in these examples is telling us, just simply follow the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. Be sensitive to that peace. Do what He's guiding us to do. And we'll walk in abundance. If you have lack in your life, it's because you're not tuned in to the Holy Spirit. You're not listening to Him, child of God. It's just that simple. It's not rocket science. And Jesus did this so that even the smallest child can hear His voice and understand what He's telling us to do. Even the smallest child. Even the smallest child. So we're going to end our message there for today. And uh, if you have to make an important decision in your life, or you've got something that's concerning you, need some answers, direction, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come forward and be prayed for by one of the pastors one of the, the uh, group leaders, fellowship group leaders in the church. So I'm going to ask all the group leaders to come up and the pastors and uh, stand in front now, please, quick as you can. And you can come up if you want to be prayed for and they can tell them what it is or you don't have to tell them what it is. 
that you're trusting God for, that you need direction for, and they will pray with you, okay? So let's make that on your right-hand side of the platform, on the right-hand side. If you need healing, come up on your left-hand side of the platform, and they will be praying for you there for your healing, all right? So while you're coming up, our worship team are going to minister to us and, and play for us. If you need to just sit back in your seat and come worshiping God with the worship team, that's fine. The rest of you that want prayer, come up right away now. Because if you don't come up within the first two minutes, I'm going to ask the ushers to close off the aisles. Otherwise, it'll never end and the service must stop at some time. So come now. You know right away if you need healing or you need an answer to prayer. And you can talk about your challenge to the person that's gonna, that you're going to pray with if you need to. And then they can pray for you. And you can trust God together for wisdom and direction from the Holy Spirit regarding your need. Okay. Then also, once uh, pastors and cell leaders, once you're done with that, if you want to pray for each other about these matters, you can go ahead and do that then once the congregation members have gone back to their seats. All right? Good. Go ahead then, worship team. I'll do the altar call when this is done. Praise God. Well, how many of you today believe that you have an answer to your prayer and you believe by faith that you know what to do, would you wave your hands like this and give God the glory and say, by faith I believe I know what to do. Praise God. All right, how have you received your healing today? Won't you raise your hands and say, thank God I received my healing. Okay, give the Lord some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. Okay, can you please bow your heads and close your eyes? If you need to be sure that you're going to heaven one day, I'm going to pray a little prayer right now, and God's going to speak to your heart and give you that assurance. If you need to know for sure that you will go to heaven, God is your Father, and you are forgiven for your sins, I'm going to invite you to put your hand up when I count to three. And if you do, you'll be included in my prayer and God will confirm with your heart that you are His child. Right there in your seat. Are you ready? I'm counting. Slip those hands up. One, two, three. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I invite everybody to say this little prayer with me. Everybody, please, especially all of you that raised your hands, all of you in the church that raised your hands, all of you in the overflow, all of you watching online, say this with me, please. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. He was punished for my sins, so I can be forgiven. Thank you. Come into my heart, Jesus. Thank you. I declare you are the Lord of my life. You are my Savior. 
and I'll live for you with all of my heart till I see you on that glorious day. Praise God, I am now saved. Praise God, I am now saved. I'm bound for heaven. God is my Father. I am forgiven for my sins. All because I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you said that prayer for the very first time, congratulations. And all you have to do to make it to heaven is stay in fellowship with Jesus. Don't walk away from Him. Don't abandon Him. Stay in fellowship with Jesus. And we will see you in heaven. God bless you. All right, so from Pastor Bev and myself, I want you to know how much we love you. We pray for you continually. And we will see you right back here next Sunday. And if you are not coming to church, if you're watching online, I want to encourage you, be in church, in the anointing. It'll bless you, encourage you, and benefit you so much more. Love you all. God bless. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 